Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the internet. Go check them out, HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Oh, now's when I talk. Oh, that is that's the longest it's ever taken. Um, Tyler, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well, Michael. I am um excited about this team. I don't know that I'm excited to talk about them. Is that strange? That's fair. I mean, it's an interesting NBA team, but I, there's not a whole lot new when it comes fantasy wise. I, I guess there's a couple players that we specifically have to talk about um that are going to be playing new roles but overall um this should be a pretty straightforward team we're talking about the philadelphia 76ers in our 30 teams in over 30 days preview heading into this season um philadelphia lost jimmy butler of course in the Really weird. I'm trading you to Miami for some reason because you want to compete or retire, or I'm not really sure why. Uh, but they also lost Amir Johnson, TJ McConnell, your boy Greg Monroe, JJ Redick, and Jonathan Simmons. So, like, that's a pretty, like, their bench is pretty depleted. And they ended up bringing on, um, well, they also lost two starters with Jimmy and, and JJ as well. But they brought on Al Horford, Trey Burke. Kyle O'Quinn, a, a fantasy darling, and in the trade with Miami, Josh Richardson. So I, uh, um, I'm a big fan. So I'm I, a big fan of that Josh Richardson uh, move. Anyway, um, so we can talk about that trade if you want. And you know, it was it was funny that Jimmy Butler had to be out of Minnesota because those two guys didn't want to win. Then he was on a team that was this close to making it to the NBA Finals, potentially. I mean, like, they took a last-second Kawhi Leonard shot, right, to beat the Sixers. And then he had to go to the Heat, who where, – where were the Heat last year? Were they, like, in the running for some championship I'm not aware of? Um, so that was all uh, weird. South Beach Fly Chick Party Championship is, is what they won, I believe. That whole situation was a little weird, right? Um, really what's interesting, and, and maybe we'll get right into this, right? The most interesting thing, you always ask me that. Maybe this isn't even a fantasy thing, but this team is really now, I mean, you mentioned it. They got rid of their bench, and they really didn't replace them with anything. So this team is like kind of an experiment in energy now, right? They're like the five starters and absolutely nothing else. So... It'll be super yeah. interesting to see how that works, right? Like, can you have five pretty damn good players and then just nothing behind them? Um, they at least, I mean, they did start whittling away their depth uh, even earlier before when in the Jimmy Butler trade when they got rid of uh, our boy, beautiful Bob, and uh, – Dario Saric, I believe, is uh, left the team at some point as well. Uh, it was that same trade? Of, they both got traded to Minnesota. That, that was the same. Were they both in, 
Minnesota, like what's really was depressing because I was like, Dario Sarge, pretty fun, fancy basketball player, went to Minnesota, never to be seen again. Like I know he's in Phoenix now, I think. And I'm a little, actually a little interested in him in Phoenix, but we'll talk about that uh, at another time. So let's talk about um, who is going to be replacing Jimmy Butler. And that is Josh Richardson, who is a little bit of like a, like a mini, kind of like a mini Jimmy Butler in a little bit of a way, uh, but nowhere near the all-star talent, the uh, psychopathic drive to destroy other human beings and be the best basketball player in the world that Jimmy Butler has. Um, yeah, Richardson, and I think we discussed Richardson a few times last year, right? He kind of got underrated in all the things the Heat were doing, and um, we, we talked about this last preseason, like the Heat wanted him to score 20 points a game. And obviously that didn't happen, but Richardson's just got a really friendly fantasy game, right? He's capable of playing big minutes, and he did for the first time last year. He played 34.8 minutes, which is huge, right? Um, he scored 16 points. He got you 3.6 rebounds. He got you 4.1 assists. He got you over steal. He got you half a block. Um, he just did a lot of stuff. The The thing that happened was he became kind of the, the Heat's de facto number one guy, right? Kind of leading scorer and his defensive stats dipped a little bit. I think on this Philly team with Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, we could see those defensive stats come back a little bit. So he's probably going to settle in closer to like 14 and a half, 15 points, I think, but it could be with like one and a half steals and pretty close to a block, which that'll be really exciting if that can happen. I think that's the real key for him uh, in, in, in differentiating himself out of that first plateau of players that kind of start to level off. You know, I think last season, like you're saying, taking on more of the scoring load, he was shooting uh, more points, or excuse me, more, shooting more points. What am I talking about? He was shooting more field goals uh, last season than he had in his career. And he's just not going to be asked to force shots up and be a shot creator on this team. He is going to play a little bit more off the ball, which I thought is, better suits his game. So do I would expect that field goal percentage to sneak back up just a little bit, not a whole lot. And those defensive stats, if they can come back to that one and a half steals close to a block a game, then he becomes a top 50 player. Uh, if he's going to be scoring like, you know, 15 points, hitting a couple threes, and then, you know, facilitating a little bit, uh, getting a little bit of rebounds, he's, he's going to be 26. So like, this is the time for him to break out if he is going to break out. And I actually am on the, uh, I think I'm in the camp that uh, he is going to be better than he was last year. He's, uh, I would give him a, you know, a, a bump into maybe like the, the end of the fifth round, sixth round, I would say for um, if you're drafting him. I, I mean, I think he's a top 50 player and that's maybe, I mean, you mentioned it maybe a little bit bold and there's a lot of competition for that top 50. But now I'm not saying he's a top 40 player, right? Like he's in the very back of that top 50 for me. But I just really like a lot of the little things he can do. Um, you mentioned it, maybe the assist dip a little bit. Maybe he still only gets you three and a half rebounds. But I think the steals and blocks are going to come up. He's still going to get like 15 points a game. Because I mentioned this too, right? They've got Simmons and Embiid that are going to score. Al Horford is going to get you, what, like 14, 15 a game. Tobias Harris might get 17 or 18 a game. Josh is just going to get 16. Like, they're not going to get much scoring from their bench. So I feel like, you know, just because they have five kind of big-name guys, 
I feel like they're all still going to get their points just because I don't really see anybody on that bench scoring unless they're just going to let Trey Burke come in and ball out, which doesn't seem like a great strategy if you want to win basketball games. Yeah, no, I hope that's not what happens here. Um, I do like – I think that's a pretty good point. Like, they do need someone to kind of play with the second team so it doesn't kind of fall apart. And I think they'll rotate people in and out of that second team where, you know, the first team actually really never leaves the court for any real reason. And Josh Richardson, who, you know, shown that he can – be a primary guy in uh, Miami, not a great primary guy, but has the skill set to at least um, be competent at being a primary, just ball handler, scorer, etc. cetera, uh, even though that's not his uh, strength, he's capable of doing it. And so it would be good that if he's playing a little bit more with the second team, he's still getting, you know, 33, 34 minutes a game. That would be really great. And he's got a chance to play with that second team, allows him to distribute which would keep those assist numbers uh, around four, which would be ideal for him breaking into the top 50. And uh, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I'm going to put him in my top 50, but he is a, he's a person who could, once I'm, uh, once I've made my, uh, my official tiers and um, plateau rankings that uh, could end up as a top 50 player. I think, if you're looking at picking like in the six, if you're in the sixties, in the sixth round, seventh round, and you see Josh Richardson out there, I think he's a he's a must grab once he once he falls past that 50, 55 range in a draft. Oh, one hundred percent. And I, I mean, in the drafts I've been in, he's been there. I've been picking him in the sixties rather frequently. So, um, I feel like I'm gonna have a lot of Josh Richardson this year, and I also feel like he's getting a little bit overlooked because maybe he is kind of that fifth the name on the Sixers, right? Like, you know, Al Horford's a much bigger name. Al Horford's been an all-star. Um, and obviously Simmons and B. Tobias Harris had a great season last year. Um, so, yeah, I think he's maybe getting a little bit overlooked, which is good for, for us. I think so. You, these are the type of guys that uh, help win you leagues. And uh, Josh Richardson, not being a name recognition guy, and also not being a name recognition guy on his uh, on his even his current team right now um, is a good recipe for someone who's going to slip past his actual value. So uh, be on a lookout for Josh Richardson. I think we're going to be recommending him, and our listeners will be getting him in a lot of leagues. Let's talk about the rest of this team. Um, Joel Embiid. He's Joel Embiid. He's a uh, 25 years old. He had a very good season last year. He is per game one of the top tier players in the league. He is theoretically a first round draft pick. Uh, But as we all know, the reason Joel Embiid is uh, Joel Embiid is that he spent his first few seasons barely playing any basketball and even in the last two seasons, people were like, oh, man, he's healthy. Like, he's good now. He plays a lot of games. He only played 64 games last season, and he only played 63 the season before that. But even so, only playing those amount of games, he still finished in the top 20 in totals because his per-game value is top 10. And, and here's the thing about Embiid. Um you know, in the past, I've been kind of anti-taking Embiid in the first round. Um, but this year, I just feel like there's a little bit of uncertainty in that back half of the first round, right? Like, you don't really feel great about picking Westbrook um, until we get 
a little bit more clarity on the Paul George shoulder thing, right? I mean, Paul George might be looking to play in 65 games this yeah. year just because, you know, he's already hurt, right? He's coming back from a shoulder surgery and we don't really know yet. You know, you got Kawhi Leonard kind of in that race. There's a lot of uncertainty in that back half of the first round. So I'm a little bit more okay with taking Embiid just because I feel like there's a like not that many great options, especially, you know, we kind of talked about it. There's kind of that first five that I feel pretty strong about. And then there's kind of the next two in Jokic and Lillard. And then after that, it's kind of wide open and it depends on the type of league. I think um, I, I don't want to be picking really out of the top five. And once you're out of the top seven, it's, I mean, usually we have a good feel on like a top seven, eight. Uh, I think we have a good top seven here, an obvious top five. Um, and oh, I feel pretty good. Then it falls I, apart. Usually there's a I, solid second tier. This season, it's kind of a crapshoot. I actually kind of feel fairly firm about LeBron. Is probably my number eight player this year. Now, I don't feel as good about him as I do Jokic and Lillard, especially after last year when we saw he kind of sat down the stretch, but. I just think he's going to be really good. You know, that that team's what I, I think I heard a stat that they're like over half their games are on national television. Um, yeah. And I actually almost never draft LeBron and in a recent mock draft, uh, an expert mock draft that we are, I think we're both in, or I don't know if uh, uh, LeBron, I, I pick LeBron James at 10 and I almost never pick LeBron James, and I almost never recommend him being in the top 10, but a rested LeBron James playing with the best player he's ever played with, and not just the best player ever he's ever played with, a top you know, five player in the game, is kind of a recipe for something that I don't think we're expecting out of LeBron. Like, could he average 12 assists a game this season? It's certainly He's certainly capable of it. He's certainly got something to prove after last season. So a motivated and rested LeBron playing with an, uh, you know, a all NBA player. Now I'm interested. And, you know, if I'm in a Roto league, I still think LeBron slips out of that top 10. And if I'm in a Roto league, I think Embiid slips out of my top 10 too. I actually, I'm kind of a little more okay with taking Embiid in a Roto league. I mean, I feel like, that 65 games that he's probably going to play doesn't hurt you as much as in a Roto League as in head-to-head where there's a lot more streaming and things going on. So I actually think Embiid in my top, is in my top 10 in Roto League. And in head-to-head, I mean... That's where I think I'm uh, maybe differing from you is that in, in that Roto League, uh, I do care about that per game, but I like Kawhi Leonard and I like Paul George a little oh, bit no, better no. To, to definitely play those 65-some games. While if... Joel Embiid gets injured. It feels like that's an injury for the rest of the season. Well, that's fair, but then who's number ten? So you got those seven. You got those two. You're not I going to know. Tyler. You know, I'm, you know what I'm saying. And and it's why I think. And I mentioned, you know, the first round thing. It's why I think I'm okay with Embiid going in the first round. Like I will give you if Paul George is playing in a preseason game and looks healthy. I think he's my number eight player come the you know the main draft weekend, right? The last weekend before the season. After that, there's a lot of fungibility for me. I mean, like you feel Brad good about Bradley Beal playing a bunch of games and he had an awesome season last year, but do I really want him as my number nine player? Maybe. That's a tough you're really you're one hundred percent starting your team off 
with a second tier player, while Joel Embiid is going to give you first tier level starts at least for a month or two during the season. He is a per game talent. You know, he's he's giving you two blocks a game, uh, almost a steal a game. Uh, will be close to leading the league in rebounds. And the, what's even more impressive is the tw- 27, 28 points that this guy can get you. And Along the four assists. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze no, for, for a center. All. And, and so that's threes. what I mean. Like, I, like, when I get into that eight range, you know, it kind of depends on the settings of the league. We talked about that. But in a eight-cat head-to-head league, Joel Embiid's in the running for that eighth pick for me. I, I might go LeBron. I might go Joel Embiid. I might go Paul George, although I'm a little bit iffy on picking Paul George, especially if we're picking right now, just in the sense that, I mean, how healthy is Paul George if he ends up missing, you know, the first month and a half of the season, right? And doesn't play until December. Well, you know, is Joel Embiid going to play more games? Maybe. Maybe. I think you uh, might just talk me into bumping Joel Embiid into my top 10 for Roto League, Siler. That is a great job by you. Um, I think he will probably be uh, featured in our Who Do I Draft segments that we will do later uh, this year, closer to the season starting, where we actually do uh, mock drafts based on who your first-round player is going to be. So I think on the turn... I think we're going to be looking at ourselves some Joel Embiid. Uh, let's talk about the other guys on this team. And yeah, and you mentioned it for the first yeah. the first time in a while though that turn is messy, man. It's messy because you're like, ooh, who messy. do I want here? Ooh, yeah, maybe, maybe you, maybe you, maybe you. And I think that allows you to have some creativity, uh, especially if you're in a head-to-head league and you're punting. Uh, then there's definitely room for creativity there. Uh, I think you, this is a good year to go hog wild on some sort of punt strategy because there's so much variance right now uh, in how a lot of players can end up uh, performing this season. Uh, but we are going to talk about that in a future episode. Let's get back to the Sixers, Tyler, and let's talk about the new Sixer, Al Horford. Um, Al Horford, kind of getting up there in age, Tyler. Um Good at basketball, never, though, right? I mean, just good at basketball. But, just, let's just throw it out there. Every single year, year after year, he's been a top 20 uh, fantasy basketball player, except for the last few years in Boston where he uh, his scoring – he wasn't asked to do a lot of, of the scoring, but his scoring started to sneak down a little bit. Now, he did take uh, some of the load later in the season where his points were – moving up last year towards that 15-16 mark, which I, I, I didn't know he still had it in him. But here's what we, me and you, always love about Al Horford. He's always Al Horford. He's always doing literally everything. Great percentages, low turnovers. He's, he's the ideal roto guy. Uh, he's going to give you over a block a game, around a steal a game last season. That was pretty impressive. I, that might go back down a little bit, but... The assists from your center, you know, four to five assists, uh, okay rebounds, and, you know, a three per game. That's, you got yourself a really good, you know, uh, what, I'd say like a third tier, maybe even, uh, yeah, third tier player. I mean, I just feel good about Horford being good, and I know. uh, 33, Tyler. 
on a new team and they got Joel Embiid. And those are the things that I'm question marking about. Can Al Horford and Joel Embiid play at the same time? Because they're definitely going to be playing Joel Embiid. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think they wouldn't have got him if they didn't think they could, right? And um, we saw it, you know, Hor- Horford um, played 43% of the time at power forward. And I would argue it was probably even more than that because they put – basketball reference put Aaron Baines – him and Aaron Baines played together a ton. And Al Horford said for years, right, he didn't like super love being the only center. Um, so – they they got Aaron Baines that year in Boston, the first year in Boston, and the second year in Boston. Um, and Aaron Baines was obviously on the team last year, but Horford played more center last year. I think Horford's going to play the four. Now, in some matchups, that could be a bit of an issue. Uh, I think we'll see Horford's minutes around you know, 28, 29 like they were last year, maybe 30, although there's not a lot of great options on this team, and this is kind of where I was going with this, is like could Horford just be forced to play a few minutes because here are the men who could potentially be the backup forward. James Ennis. Oh, God. Uh, Mike Scott. Oh, Jesus, no. Jonah Bolden, I think he's kind of a center, oh. but but maybe you could throw him out there. Like, Kylo Quinn. No. Like, you, they're, they're going to play hard for the time because they want to win, like, right? And so – I like Kylo Quinn a little bit. I like Kylo Quinn. Um, and so here's what I think they're going to try to do is they're going to play kind of a weird – beginning and, and end of the game that they're going to play their starting five. And then they're going to sub out a couple guys like relatively early. And they're going to try to keep two or three starters on the court at all times. I think they have to, which is, this is a, the best sign for fantasy basketball because with a really weak bench, all of the starters on this team are going to play 30 plus minutes. Therefore you're pretty much know that all the stars on Philly are going to be good fantasy value. You don't and this is like one of the few teams where all, five starters um should be be taken uh i would say before pick 65 pick 60 um and you know we talk about you know some guys in that range like we talked about you know kevin love like give me al horford over kevin love like give me al horford over a lot of those like you know sexy trendy forwards that guys like to pick um i'm looking at guys like Horford this season. I think people are down on him already, switching teams. They think he's kind of old. And uh that I mean that game he's got an old man game anyway. Like he's always had an old man game. You know, he's never beating people uh crossing people over off the dribble. He's Al Horford. So Al Horford's in the right place, right time, great footwork, and he's gonna do the same thing here in Philly. I uh I would uh almost guarantee him you uh, guarantee you can get him after the 50th pick in your draft easy i think people are sleeping on him i am 100 percent with you there all right we have to well no hold on we got there's a lot of guys to talk about on this team who are very fantasy relevant tobias harris being one of them now that jimmy butler is no longer pounding out the ball and, and yelling at everybody and making everybody his bitch because Jimmy Butler is a grown-ass man who makes people look like fools and for some reason moved to Miami. Tobias Harris now, I think, is someone who's going to take on a little bit of more of the scoring load. 
uh, that 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 drop in Tobias Harris when he came from the Clippers in his production, does it go all the way back up to Clippers level of production? Uh, probably. He, he I mean, the near the end of that season, uh, maybe not near the end of the season, but that second half of the season with Philly, he did have to share responsibility, and he still did a really good job of putting up numbers. But uh, you did see there near the final. Uh, part of the season where his numbers started to dip off. I just think this is a guy we've seen get better every single year. And you mentioned it. He didn't play, you know, he didn't score as much in the playoffs and down the stretch. But I feel like Philly's going to need that, you know, 19, 20 points a game. Right. And they're not going to get it from anywhere else. I feel good about Tobias Harris scoring now. The question really becomes, you know, can he get you close to a steal and half a block? You know, it was only .6 last year. You don't love that. Um, he does rebound the ball well. 2.8 assists are, are what they are. You know, he's going to get you like two three-pointers. Percentages are usually pretty good, which is why I like to pick him in Roto Leagues. Um, but, yeah, 20 points on good percentages with some rebounds. Now you do wish first a little bit more defensive stats, and that's going to hold him down a little bit. Um, I'm interested to see where you're kind of thinking about Tobias Harris because I think I'm a little higher on Tobias Harris this year than some other people. Yeah, I I, I am. Um, you know, I, I like Tobias Harris, especially in my Roto Leagues, uh, just because he does a little bit of everything. Um, let me tell you a, f- a few stats, Tyler. Last season, or two seasons ago, in L.A., shot 15.3 field goals. Last season, also shot 15.3 field goals. Interesting. But once he got to Philly, that dropped an entire field goal, and his percentage dropped to 42%. I like the idea of a little bit of a bounce back when it comes to the percentages. He's going to take a few more shots because J.J. Reddick's not there, and Jimmy Butler's not there, so there's going to be extra shots to go around. So I do like uh, Tobias Harris uh, scoring to come back up to like 19. Um, him taking, you know, 15 plus shots a game. Here's where he doesn't, here's where he probably doesn't end up getting out of the bottom of a, uh, uh, the bottom tier or, or the beginning of the first plateau for me is like five, a half a steal and a half a block will always keep him. Um, probably outside of a, of a top-tier player. And three assists also kind of hurt. So he's good. He's not great. So I wouldn't overpay for him because I don't know how he gets too much better at age 27. He's in his prime. Maybe he takes a little bit. He gets an extra little half, half uh, point two steals or something like that. But on Philly, oh, and so he, it I, was- I don't know how he gets much better. It was half last year, but I mean, looking back, right, it was 0.9, 0.71, and then 0.9 um, the last four years before that. So you got to feel like that's going to go up some, right? And if he's closer to one, I, I, I'll admit I do like him a lot better, and I'm hoping he can kind of catch that one steal back. Um, and a lot of that had to do with, you know, maybe he just was adjusting to. Uh, the time in Philly, like he was only 0.4 at his time in Philly. He was 0.7 with the Clippers. So uh, you got to feel like that's probably going to be at least like 0.7, 0.8. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's a top 50 player too. I don't 
I'm not super going ham on him. Like he's not a top 30 guy for me, but another guy like him, Josh Richardson, both those guys I'm thinking about, like just inside that top 50, like I picked him at 44 in that Roto League you were mentioning earlier. I just felt like it's a pretty safe 19 points with some good rebounds. And at that time I needed some good rebounds. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in on Tobias Harris. Probably expect Tobias Harris, Al Horford and Josh Richardson to go in the same round in uh you know in your more experienced leagues uh al horford and josh richardson are probably going to fall out of the top 50 in most casual leagues but like i said tobias harris lives on those margins if he can get a you know 0.4 more steals that bumps him up into one of the tiers so when you're looking at plateau guys he's a plateau guy that can be a top tier player if things bode well for him and he's in a situation where they could bode well for him so when looking at picking a plateau player he's a uh he's got a good ceiling for plateau player and uh you know my plateau players are 40 45 and below because that's when it starts to start the value starts to plateau out for all you new listeners out there um this is a guy who could be in the top 40 if things go right but if things go a little bit wrong he's a guy who falls into 50 uh in the 50 range and I have faith in him in being a top 50 player. I'm not taking a third round pick on, on Tobias Harris. I'm not taking, I, I don't even know if I'll take a fourth round pick because I think a lot of some slippage will happen with some of those top tier players into the fourth round. Um, so Tobias Harris might be over, might be overpaid this year and uh, overdrafted this year in a lot of, uh, in a lot of drafts. Yeah, he does the sexy stats. I'll give you that. I just feel like he's super safe, to be honest with you. Like, I feel yeah, like as long as he stays healthy, as long as he stays healthy, right? Like, I feel like we're going to look back and he's going to be like in total value somewhere between like 35. He's going to be 50, in my. But he's not really. There, yeah. There's no real upside for him to be like a top 30 guy, but like, you know, depending on who gets hurt and all that, right? Like, he could be as high as like 35, but he's going to be somewhere from like 35 to 50. Pretty much no matter what. I, I feel like. He's 100% going to be in my queue, and I'm probably going to be like, ah, damn, I thought he would drop another round. Like, that's probably going to happen to me every single time for Tobias Harris. Where I'm like, yeah, I, I'll, I'll do Tobias Harris next. Ah, uh, somebody took him. That's probably the exact... <laughs> listening to the mock draft in the future to hear me say those exact words. I feel like... I feel good about him. I'll admit, I feel good about him. All right, one dude All right. left to talk about, and then we can we get into the garbage, right? And it, about the elephant in the room, I know Tyler. you've been dreading this. Benny Simmons. The he's an enigma, Tyler. He he makes no basketball sense. He's a dominant basketball player who really doesn't have a jump shot. Will sh- hit no threes, even though we've seen. Don't let those those videos on Twitter fool you guys. Uh, ben Simmons hitting step back threes. Get get the hell out of my business. He's never hit a, a three ever. Um, actually, he might hit one last year. I don't remember. But the crazy okay. thing is, he's shot seventeen in his career, That's not fair. counting not counting the playoffs. If you count the playoffs, he shot eighteen. So in his two seasons, he has shot exactly eighteen threes, including the playoffs, and he has made exactly zero. This is why he's an enigma, Tyler, because. 17 points, almost nine rebounds, and almost eight assists with a steal and a half and almost a block is an incredible fantasy basketball player. 
if you're in a roto league, getting zero three pointers from someone you're taking in the in the upper rounds, and getting someone who shoots sixty percent uh, at the at the line, and shoots a decent volume over five a game, and has three and a half turnovers, that's not a good player, but that's the same player. So it's really difficult in a roto league to take Ben Simmons, but at some point you have to take Ben Simmons because of the nine rebounds and eight assists. Now, if you're in a head-to-head league, this is a whole different discussion. Ben Simmons becomes an ideal punt strategy out the gate if you're taking, and I think you could, you will see him be taken in the second round in head-to-head drafts. If you can get him in the third round to head-to-head draft, like, and you could build around Ben Simmons in your, with your first two picks, that's going to be a, that's a very impressive build, and that could be a key to a really good head-to-head season. Oh, one hundred percent. I think depending on how casual or you know advanced your league is, I don't think there's any way most of the guys in your league know what they're doing. Ben Simmons slips out of that second round, like you mentioned it. You know, then there's a lot of guys you can punt free throws with. He's just a perfect guy, and he just you know does so many great things. But yeah, in a roto league, like. Man, he's he's hard to pick because he is two significant negatives, right? Like those free throw attempts are, you know, up there in the league. It was one of the most, and he's going to shoot maybe sixty percent, maybe a little bit higher, right? Like maybe sixty-two, maybe he takes a little bump, but like that's that's bad. Um, so he kills you in those two categories. Yeah, Ben Simmons just kind of an enigma. Um, looking at rankings, right? Uh, he's the twenty-sixth player. In hashtags rankings, he's the 13th player in Mark Roberts' rankings. So, yeah, I mean, he's probably a second-round pick in a head-to-head league, which is why I feel like what most people are going to play. And, yeah, you know, grabbing a a crazy turn can be going Drummond and Simmons, and you are kind of set up for having a really amazing team right there. Yeah, going hog wild. And if you really want to take a risk, I don't think it's going to work. But if you go LeBron and Drummond and get Simmons in the third round, you're pretty much set, but I just don't think Benny Simmons is going to fall out of the second round in any head-to-head league. He's going to be an early second-round pick. Uh, I am currently in a Roto mock draft with some experts, and Ben Simmons went 30th, which I actually kind of feels a little high for a Roto league, but not too much further than 30, because like you just can't ignore 17, 9, and 8. And so we talk about this maybe, and maybe we should like, you know, if if people want it, we could do a Roto strategy podcast. There's a lot of guys, right? I mean, I mentioned Drummond and there's Rudy Gobert and there's, you know, the plethora of centers that are going to shoot a bad percentage, right? So if those guys get spread out and they're not all on your team, you know, you may finish, you know, in the 12 team league, fifth, sixth, and, free throws with Ben Simmons, the volume for Simmons. And it's the same thing with Drummond, right? Like they're both going to be very bad on high volume, which is going to make it really, really hard to even get that category up. Even if you've got a lot of good free throw shooters, right? So I'm always a little hesitant to pick Ben Simmons, um, especially in the top 30 in a roto league, just because I know I'm going to have to do a lot of work to get that free throw percentage back to even a respectable level where I can beat you know, four or five or six teams in my 12-team league. Um, it's, it's a killer. 
and you can try to mitigate it, right? You, you can tr- you can try to pair Ben Simmons up with Steph Curry, ton of ton of ton of threes to no threes, but then you're just you know you're just basically negating one of Steph Curry's best categories. It's it's doable. Um, you don't have to win every category in a roto league. You just got to be good. And free throw percentage is one where it's kind of weird, and, and we can talk about it. We probably should have a roto uh, podcast where you can be kind of mediocre and still get, like, half the points in that category. So, you know, that's one of the ones where, like, rebounds, you're going to, like, you're either going to win or you're going to lose. Like, there's there's the, the rebounds are a serious competitive because, you know, if someone's, like, five rebounds better than you, it just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. So, um, Tyler, I don't, I don't want to talk about anybody else on this team. Not one. Not one guy. Yeah, I mean, we don't really know who's going to even play for the bench, but I don't think any of them are super enticing options. Um, I'll mention, right, first round pick, Matthias Thibley, who okay. was the Steel's leader, right, in NCAA history, I believe, and also <laughs> blocked over a shot a game. So if he's playing – there could be a interesting defensive streamer there if he can translate that to the NBA where he's stealing and blocking shots. That could become a very interesting streamer and a guy who could 100% if he's getting over one and over one win you some matchups, even if he's he's not going to score and he's probably not going to assist or rebound. But if he's doing those two things, he could be interesting as a streamer. So that's a guy to keep an eye on, right? Like if you see he's playing 20, 25 minutes – there's somebody maybe you want to stream. Especially since, like, they might just go, we need a defensive stopper. We're going to bring him in. He is is, is just – he's killing all these guys in practice. Let's put him in a game and let's uh, let's get him out there. And then he starts playing, like, 24 minutes a game because he just becomes uh, a defensive stopper when Ben Simmons is off the floor because he can't have two guys who can't shoot on the floor at the same time, even though uh, I think Philly wants to try that you know, with Ben Simmons. Um, and then Kylo Quinn always, if something happens and there's injuries and Kylo Quinn gets to play, he's Kylo Quinn. He's going to have a good, uh, he's going to have a good fantasy line. So those are the only um, two and, guys. And in, in a deeper league, right? If you think Joel Embiid is going to play even 65 games, that means he misses 17. If Kylo Quinn is really going to be his backup, that could be 17 pretty interesting games from Kylo Quinn. And, you know, if you're in a, you know, 16, 20 team league that might make him worth a last round pick just because, you know, you're going to get 16 or 17 or 18 or 20 pretty darn good games. All right. I think that's it for the 76ers. Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. If I meet at watch the boxes, uh, if you want to support the show, check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes. There are currently free tier one and tier two rankings from myself. And I will be uh, putting those out there for all listeners on patreon.com slash watching the boxes. But if you want to support the show, become a subscriber and we'll catch you for the next team. Thanks everybody.